So I think a lot of people, it's the unknown and not really knowing what to do. So when they go to clinic, they really get validation from the team as far as, okay, this is what's happening and this is how we're going to manage it right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Connecting ALS. I am your host, Jeremy Holden. Well, this week, we are closing out the ALS Association's look into clinical care and the importance of expanding access to the best care availability. In order to make ALS a livable disease, it is critical that we optimize current treatments and care while preventing or delaying harms associated with the disease. This will enable people with ALS to live their lives as they want with greater engagement and autonomy and reduced physical and emotional burdens. And studies have shown that access to multidisciplinary care extends lives. We heard earlier this month from Lori Banker-Horner on the ALS Association's care services team about the work that is being done to expand the association's clinical network. And today we are turning our focus to one of the key members of the multidisciplinary care team, the clinical liaison. Joining me to do so is Corey Libby, the Care Services Coordinator at the ALS Association, Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota chapter. Let's hear from Corey now. Well, Corey, thank you so much for being with us today on Connecting ALS. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you know, I, I mentioned it at the top, but the association on its blog has been doing a series of profiles and features around our multidisciplinary care network. And um, you're such an important part of that network. But before we get into that, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role with the ALS Association? Yeah, um, I have been with the ALS Association for about a year and a half now. My background is in occupational therapy, and I had come on to the ALS Association as a care service coordinator. So in that role, I help support our local clinics as well as support a lot of our programming in the association. Had you, uh, what, what was your background with ALS before you came to the association? Yeah, so I worked for an agency called Fairview Home Care, which was closely affiliated with the University of Minnesota. So we collaborated a lot with the mHealth ALS clinic. Uh, we got a lot of referrals for home care from them. I was in home care for approximately 15 years. So over the course of that time, I had worked with a variety of individuals that had been diagnosed with ALS, just assisting them in the home as far as like home modifications, wheelchair fittings, equipment recommendations. And in that role, I was able to collaborate with the clinics as well as the ALS Association. Got it. So you're not coming into this world fully cold. So Corey, you know, when I'm going for any type of medical checkup, I think just, okay, it's going to be me and the doctor, me and the nurse practitioner. Talk to us a little bit about your role in that system uh, and, and, you know, what you're doing as a clinical liaison, how you fit into that ecosystem of patient, doctor, patient specialist. Yeah, yeah. So when an individual with ALS and their family go to visit the multidisciplinary ALS clinic, they are going to be seeing kind of a rotating door of clinical specialists. So like you said, generally, you would normally just meet with a doctor and maybe get a referral. This is a way for people to just get into the clinic and be able to see all the specialists that really understand ALS and what they can do to help them. Our role as a clinical liaison is just to be there as a representative from the ALS Association and just be the experts in our programs and what we can help these individuals with. So whether, you know, the therapist is recommending a piece of equipment that we can offer through our loan program, then we will facilitate that on our end. 
So what is it, you know, this is, this is a question that everybody hates. Um, but you know, I have to ask it So, like, what does a typical day look like? Understanding that there is no typical day, but you know, just kind of what, what is day in and day out? What would it, what does your day look like? A typical day for me? Um, yeah. yeah. So generally I, I, I do work full time. So a lot of my time is spent reaching out to individuals that have questions or concerns. Um, but in addition to that, we do have weekly clinic meetings um, with all of the ALS clinics in our chapter area. So currently we have nine ALS clinics that we support. Some of those are certified, recognized, and then we also have some affiliated clinics. And we try to have a representative at each of those clinics so that we can help educate the team on services that we can provide and just collaborate with them to assist them in carrying that over. So currently in the pandemic, we do that virtually. So that will either be a phone call prior to clinic, a phone call after clinic, or a virtual meeting such as Zoom. So when I meet with the clinic team, we go through everybody who has been seen in clinic and discuss what the recommendations of the team are. And then we can help them while we're in that meeting with them problem solve anything that we're picking up on as far as our programming that may be able to help them. So once that clinic is done, we try to reach out to each of those people that we're seeing at clinic within a week's time to make sure that, you know, they had their needs addressed at clinic, if there were any concerns that they are questions that they have following that visit, then we can help them um, get the answers to that or reach back out to the team and just let them know of any concerns that the individual or their family is having. Corey, you mentioned COVID, and I know we're all sick of COVID. We're all sick of talking about COVID, but it has upended so many aspects of our life. And you, you talked about some of the ways that it, it's changed your day-to-day and the work that you do. Talk to me a little bit more about some of the challenges of operating during the pandemic and going forward. Are there some learnings from how we've had to adapt that are going to stay with the clinical liaison role and the work of supporting clinics and supporting patient care going forward? So I can tell you that I, since I have started, we have been in the pandemic. So I have never had the benefit of being in clinic, but I do know that when the liaisons were in clinic, that they were part of that clinical rotation. So in addition to seeing the doctors, nurses, therapists, the liaisons would have an opportunity to meet with the individual and their family as well to answer questions. Currently, like I said, we're doing virtual meetings and then we are able to follow up with the individuals by phone just to make sure their needs are met. The challenges I would say is probably just that uh, personal connection that you would get with the clinic team and with the individuals and their families. So sure. um, I think that's kind of been the hardest thing is just for them to know who we are, really what our role is um, to assist them. But that also has opened up doors for us too, as far as working in a virtual platform as well. Yeah, I, I think the sense from so many different disciplines is that this is going to be a bit of a hybrid model going forward, and we'll, we'll incorporate some of the tools and learnings in this virtual world we've been living in, uh, even when we are able to be back to business as usual, as, as it were. You know, one of the ALS Association's goals is to make ALS a livable disease. Can you talk a little bit about the role that you see multidisciplinary care playing in achieving that goal of making ALS a livable disease? 
when this is a livable disease, there still are going to be concerns that they're having as far as, you know, whether that would be movement concerns with their movement, their respiratory status, um, services that are available. So I do think that there will continue to be a need for that multidisciplinary team, probably more important because they will be seeing them for a longer period of time. And we will be there. That is our main goal is just to be there to support the individuals and support the clinics and just make sure that everybody is getting what they need. I, you know, I've heard from folks uh, in the community who talk about how much they enjoy clinic day, how much they appreciate it, how how meaningful that is to them. What do you think it is, just from your perspective, what makes those visits so meaningful? You know, I think a lot of it is just validation of their concerns and hope. I think that when they are, you know, having concerns about, gosh, am I getting weaker? You know, going to the clinic and having them say, you know, yeah, you're you're getting weaker, but it's not as fast as we thought it was, or this is what we're seeing and this is what our next step is, you know? So I think a lot of people, it's the unknown and not really knowing what to do. So when they go to clinic, they really get validation from the team as far as, okay, this is what's happening and this is how we're going to manage it right now. What are some things that you think that maybe are misunderstood about the association's role in in terms of you know working with clinics of making sure that you know folks are getting the care that they need what's something that you want people to take away uh, from that relationship yeah i think a lot of people get confused they think that the liaison is a part of the clinic team or that we work for the clinic a lot of people kind of take that away and are kind of confused about like who is this person why is she reaching out to us um you know, I get the question, one of the clinics I support is Mayo. So I get the question like, oh, so you work for Mayo? No, I work for, you know, the ALS Association. So um, so I think that can get confusing for individuals, but really, um, you know, as we work with them, so we do generally get them registered, then we'll check in with them, you know, at, at two weeks. It, it's just a lot of information and it's overwhelming. So just to know that there's somebody there that is able to really support them along the journey is really what I want people to know is that we are really here for them to act as support and resource. What is the relationship like with the, with the clinics that you are partnering with in terms of, you know, what, what is that dynamic like? We generally, the teams are very, they welcome us with open arms. We're so fortunate that they really see us as a valued team member a lot of them will reach out to us with questions. They know that we're here to support their patients, which is the ultimate goal, and really are impressed with the services that we can provide to them through our extensive programming. So I, they really are eager to have us be a part of that team because they do see the benefit of what we can offer to their patients. So those are all my questions. Um, Corey, is there anything that I haven't asked that you think is important for listeners to know about the role of the clinic liaison, about the work that you do, and just about multidisciplinary care generally? Um, You know, I think one of the things is we do get individuals that may not have had a good diagnostic experience, um, Mm. whether that be through the hospital or their family care provider. And a lot of them will ask us, well, why would I go to an ALS clinic? It's not like it's going to reverse this. Like, what's the point of me going to see this team? I really encourage people to get into an ALS clinic as soon as possible because your family doctor or maybe a community therapist do not have the understanding 
of the ALS disease process. So I think just being really connected with an ALS multidisciplinary clinic is very beneficial. And we actually do have uh, studies out there that prove that people who are involved in an ALS rotation in we generally, they will see the clinic every three months or every three to four months. So those people generally do tend to extend their life expectancy. Yeah. And we can certainly share some links in the show notes to those resources. So folks can do some research on there. And uh, Corey, thanks so much for your time this week. Yes, it was great. Thanks for having me. Well, I want to thank my guest this week, Corey Libby, the Care Services Coordinator at the ALS Association's Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota chapter. Be sure to subscribe to the ALS Association's blog to get the latest news and features. And if you enjoyed this episode, share it with at least one friend. You can subscribe to Connecting ALS wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, please take time to like and review the show. It is a great way for us to connect with more listeners. Our production partner for this series is Citizen Racecar. Post-production by Garrett Tiedemann. Production management by Gabriella Montekin. Supervised by David Hoffman. That is going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you for tuning in. We'll connect with you again soon. Bye.